You are listening to Your Daily Drive, and I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. This podcast, like all of our resources, are they're provided to you by the faithful supporting community. Those folks who support our ministry on a monthly and yearly basis, thank you so much for releasing me to create resources for folks to help them with the practical message of Jesus Christ, and that's what I want to share with you in this podcast. Let me start it this way by letting you know that in God's mind, your life is over. How does that grab you when you think about that? Well, you know it's true. Maybe you wouldn't frame it that way, but in his mind, your life is over. He sees the end from the beginning. The Lord stands outside of time, a macro view, an overarching view, as he looks inside your timeline, which has a start date and an end date. My start date was 1959. I have an end date sometime out in the future. I hope it's a long time from now. But God stands outside of those two dates, whatever they are, and he looks inside of that, and he sees the beginning from the end. Not only does he see it, but he is orchestrating. He is sovereign God, and he is helping you navigate your journey. You're not sure where you're going. You're not sure of all the pitfalls that stand in your future. But from his vantage point, he does. And you must know that your story ends well. I'm speaking to you as though you are a Christian. If you have trusted Christ, you have been regenerated. You have been born a second time, as Jesus talked about in John 3.7. And if you have been born again, then your story does end well. Why is this important? Well, just this one tidbit of theological truth is the antidote for fighting off fear. Not just fighting off fear, but it positions you to live in the freedom and the power of a secure future. And perhaps there is no more significant time than to be reassured of the message of the gospel than today here in America. There are statistics all over the place that says that people's enjoyment of America, the enjoyment of being an American and living in this country is at an all-time low. And I'm talking about in a pandemic perspective. It's universal from from California to, to North Carolina, from Maine to Florida, and all points in between People are discouraged. Our country seems like it is falling apart. And no matter where you go, people are nervous. They are frightened. Many people are angry and and frustrated. And we are sniping each other left and right. And as as it seems that we are imploding, people are more anxious than they have ever been. Our world has changed, and and I think we all know that it's not going to return to the way that it was. 
Things have changed dramatically in the last few weeks, and it will continue to do so. And because of that, fear will continue to heighten in many people's lives. I was just talking, or a student was sharing on our forum today, one of our mastermind students, and they live, as he said, in the People's Republic of California And he said that they were going to take a vacation and they were planning on going to one of the beautiful beaches of California. And I have been on some of those beaches and they are drop dead gorgeous. Some of the scenery out there is just amazing. But they have chosen to go to another state because they just want to get away from the craziness that is predominantly In California, even though it's all over the United States, but it seems like California is typically the epicenter for craziness. And as our mastermind student, who is also an assistant pastor at a local church, they just want to get away. And that is the way a lot of people are are feeling these days. Lucia and I have been talking for several months now about purchasing a gun, and you have to realize what that means to me personally and to our family. I am pro-gun, and I think that people should have guns, but I've never owned one. I don't I've never cared to own one. They make me a little bit nervous. And as some of you know, you've been listening to me for a while. You know that two of my brothers were murdered. Uh, One was murdered in 1987 as he was shot in the face with a shotgun. It was intentional. It was premeditated. And then also in 1987, 10 years, uh, 1997 rather, 10 years later, where my second oldest brother was shot five times by his wife, again, somewhat premeditated. And so I have experienced uh, the horrific side of, of people getting killed with guns, and I've always been a little bit nervous around them. Though I have no problem with anyone owning one, I have, I've chosen never to own one because Again, it just makes me uncomfortable. But because of where we are in our country, and those of you who follow the statistics, you know uh, that gun sales are are rocketing now, that more people are buying guns than ever before. And it's just a commentary on where we are as a country. And we decided that we will go ahead and do that, even though I am typically nervous about it. But before the election this coming November 2020, Uh, that we might ought to go ahead and get one or two because I'm not sure what's going to happen post-November. Again, it's just an indication that things are—it is America is a snow globe, and it's like the devil has grabbed it, and he's just shaking it up, and everybody is spinning. And if you are not anchored— by the goodness and kindness and sovereignty of God, well, while you are spinning, you can be very nervous, very frustrated, very fearful. And that's why I want to share this article and this podcast with you, because I hear it everywhere we go, and it doesn't matter. And so the title of this podcast is, Why You Should Live in the Freedom of Knowing the Future. And you should live in the freedom, and you should know the future. Know the future in a very specific way. 
As I said, in God's mind, your life is over. He sees the end from the beginning. He stands outside of time, looking inside your timeline, and he is helping you navigate your journey. I was thinking about this as I was reminded of a movie that I saw a long time ago. The movie is called The Greatest Game That Was Ever Played. It is a Disney movie about a golf tournament that happened in 1913. The the amateur golfer, the American golfer, was Francis Quimet. He played the two greatest golfers of that era, two Brits named one was Harry Varden and the other one was Ted Ray. And Francis Quimet, uh, he was asked if he would play, and he played at the golf course that where he lived, where he knew he knew the best, and it was the Brookline Golf Course in uh, Massachusetts, and he knew that golf course, and of course it was, it, it turned out, well, I, let me tell you, let me say it this way, I'm not going to tell you how it turned out, but it was called the greatest game ever played, and there was a lot of of things that happen positively for the sport of golf because of this match in 1913. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, The Greatest Game Ever Played, I, I would commend it to you, though I saw it a long time ago. And so maybe I have changed and maybe the movie's lousy now. And so if it is lousy and and because I have movie amnesia, I can't remember half the stuff I I see. Uh, Lucia and I and, and two of our children watched a movie last night that I had seen before, but I didn't remember seeing it. So every day's a new day for me. Every movie's a new movie for me. Uh, but the way that I think I remember it, the greatest game that was ever played was an excellent movie, and you may want to watch it. And so Francis Quimet, I want you to think about this idea of God standing outside of time and and you not knowing the the end from the beginning, but he knows the end from the beginning. And I want you to think about it like a movie. And so Francis Quimet, he had no idea how his golf match was going to end. In fact, after they played 72 holes, it it did end in a tie, a three-way tie. And so they had to go back the next day and play overtime. Uh, in the case of golf, they had they played 18 extra holes uh, of extended play because it ended as a tie, but then it did finally end. But before it ended, uh, Francis Quimet and Harry Varden and, and Ted Ray and, and the thousands of people that were watching it had no idea how it was going to end. But then me, who's watching the movie... I have seen the movie. Well, I know how it ended. I, I, I watched it. And I'm not going to tell you how it ended. Did Francis Quimet win? Did he lose? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Not in this podcast. So you'll have to watch the movie yourself. And as you watch the movie, you can see the storyline unfold hole by hole. 90 holes all together, and you can get caught up in the drama and the 10-year-old caddy that helped helped Francis Quimet uh, throughout the golf match. And let's say that you and I, that we were watching this movie together. 
you and I would have different emotions. We would have different perspectives. And the reason for that is because I've already seen the entire movie. You, on the other hand, would be curious. You would be hopeful. Perhaps at times you would be anxious about the outcome of the greatest game ever played. And so most assuredly, we would be sitting side by side. But because I know the end from the beginning and you don't, we would see this movie differently. From my chair, there would be a calm assurance about the conclusion of this great match. And though I might give in to the emotion of the rapidly changing events, my soul would be peaceful because of this one anchoring truth. I know how it will conclude. I know how the screenwriter of the story finished the film. And there is a big difference between two people watching the movie and one doesn't know how it's going to end, and one does. And you may have watched a movie with that kind of person before, and you told them, don't spoil this movie for me. You know how it ends, but I don't. But it's two people who are seeing it, watching it differently. There is a difference between being in the middle of a story and not knowing how it concludes versus knowing the end. The Christian lives in the assurance, in the assurance that their story ends well. Though there are times when personal situations or cultural events can rock their world, and maybe you had one of those bombs drop in your life. I've had a few of them drop into mine. I just shared two of them a, a while ago in 1987 and 97 when my two brothers were were murdered. And when, I, and when a, a bomb drops into your world, it can be devastating. And of course, many of you are, are well, I'm struggling too. All of, all of us are struggling with what's going on in our culture now. And that's where we really do have to be anchored. Because when the bomb drops in our lives, you want to go back to Paul's assuring words in Romans 8.30. I want you to listen to this verse and just let it saturate your soul. Let Paul's words bring, bring redemptive and restorative comfort to your soul. Here is what he said. And those whom he predestined, whom God predestined, God also called, and those whom the Lord called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. Some people call this the golden chain, as Paul links one big theological truth to the next predestined and called and justified and glorified. One links to the other in a sequential order to a beautiful ending. Do not fool yourself or yield to anxiety or fear. Sometimes what we experience around us can begin to control us. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, 
you will be okay. And if you don't remember anything else from this podcast, remember that sentence. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been regenerated by God, you have been born again, you will be okay. And if you just happen to stumble upon this podcast and you are not a Christian, then I would appeal to you to figure it out. I I appeal to you to become one. And if you need help figuring it out, please come to us, that supporting community that, that gives you all of this free stuff from our ministry. Well, they also provide you a community forum that you can come on. Now, you can change your name. You can call yourself whatever you want to call yours. Call yourself Francis Quimet. I don't care. It doesn't matter. If that's important to you to change your name, you can call yourself whatever you want, and you can come on anonymously, and you can ask your question. But the big thing is not your identity as far as we are concerned. The biggest thing is that you get the help that you need And perhaps you feel yourself in that snow globe and you are free falling and you're bouncing off the walls because our world is turned upside down. And you want to have this anchor in your soul. You want to find this calm assurance that steadies you during the most difficult times. My strongest appeal to you would be to become a believer in Jesus Christ. Get saved today. And if you need some help figuring that out, please let us know so that we can walk you through that process. But did you hear what Paul said? Those whom the Lord predestined have heard his call. Those whom he has called are justified. Justified means that you are declared not guilty. It is a forensic legal term, meaning you you were standing in the courtroom before your creator, and God declares you not guilty because Christ took all of your sin and gave you his righteousness, an alien righteousness. You have received something that you did not deserve You are justified, and those who are justified have already experienced glorification. And you can hear those words. You can tell that all of them are in the past tense. In God's mind, all the words of Romans 8.30 have already happened. The writer has written the script. He has already completed what he started. The movie is over and it is sealed. Your redemption is complete. You hear this language in other places. For example, in Philippians 1, 6, where I want you to hear the confidence that Paul is communicating. You heard it in Romans 8, 30. But in Philippians 1, 6, here's the confidence. He says, boom. I said, boom. He didn't. But he says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. 
And so God, the script writer, has written the movie. He has sealed it up, and there is no question about it that it is going to come to a favorable conclusion. And it is you who needs to to rest in the tremendous assurance of what Paul is teaching us. And then he says in Roman, uh, in Ephesians 4.30, he says this, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Your movie is sealed, and it has already been handed over. It is complete. Just because you continue to live your life, meandering through the marsh, it does not mean that the Lord is unaware of how it ends. You should express a confident thanks to God because he knows you're heading to a favorable outcome. In the mind of God, your glorification is a done deal. The gig is up. The show is over. The fat lady has sung her song. You are sitting in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. If then you have been raised with Christ, Paul says in Colossians 3.1, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And even though you're in the middle of your movie, the Lord sees you as, as already exited from the theater. Because of your future glory, there is present hope that should steady you as you make your way to that predetermined end. Now, I know some of you, it is a bigger struggle than others. Some of you are given to worry. Other people aren't. Uh, one of the reasons for that is because of your personality. There are certain personalities that are just introspective personalities, and when you mix an introspective personality with a pinch of sin, this type of person will worry more than those others. Those other people who tend to just let things go, and they don't find it that difficult to live in, in the sovereignty of God resting in the assurance that God has all things under his control. Now, some of you, you do struggle that way, and that's why you want to preach the gospel to yourself every day. But a specific aspect of the gospel, the gospel is a multifaceted diamond, and every turn of the diamond, you see a, a new and compelling and riveting aspect of the gospel. Well, the aspect of the gospel that I'm asking you to preach to yourself on a daily basis, if not moment by moment, is that God has this, that God knows the beginning from the end, and you can rest assured that you will be okay. I realize there is mystery to what I'm sharing with you. I get it. In Deuteronomy 29:29, it says that there is mystery. There are things that we just do not understand. But our lack of understanding, our lack of awareness, 
should not prohibit us from enjoying the truth of God's word. There are many things that you do not understand. There are many things that I don't understand, but yet I benefit from those things, even though I haven't figured out all the intricacies of them. And so the big question that you have to ask in this podcast, have you placed your faith in Christ? And I'm working from the assumption that you have. And if you have, then you must live in the fullest possibilities of what it means. One of the benefits of being a child of God is that he is bringing your story to a safe and satisfying conclusion. The title of this podcast is, Why You Should Live in the Freedom of knowing the future. You know the future. We will all be standing before Christ, worshiping him, singing a new song, and it's going to be so satisfying. And because of that, we will be able to endure whatever the hardships and disappointments and challenges of this life. The call for you, the call for me, is our Christianity must be practically real. It can't just be theoretically real. It, it can't be real in the sense that we, we we go to church meetings and we read our Bibles and we, we, we pray but it has to be transformatively real. Now, all of those things will aid to that practical transformation that steadies us in a very upside-down world, but you must live in the practical steadiness that God owns this. Now, I want to give you a couple of questions as I wrap up this podcast. It's the call to action section at the bottom of this article. Now, you can read everything that I've shared with you in this podcast by going to the article, Why You Should Live in the Freedom of Knowing the Future. You can read all of this, plus I have a dozen or so articles that are embedded, and you can do a deeper dive if you wish. And then at the bottom of this article, I have a few questions that I want to share with you just to move you into a reflective state where you ponder these things and you wrestle with it personally. You may find that it would be beneficial for you to to share this article or podcast with a friend so that you can sit and, and talk about it, especially if you are struggling or or flip it around. If your friend is struggling, perhaps you can use these words as an encouragement to them. The question, first question for you, are you more aware of the difficulty, the challenges, the sin of the journey, or your great God who has already brought things to a satisfying conclusion because of the gospel? I am asking you an accent mark question. It is a long sentence, but where do you put the accent mark? All of these things are true. Your life is difficult. Your life is challenging. There's sin that has affected you one way or the other. And there is a great God that has already brought things to a satisfying conclusion. That's a long sentence. Where do you typically put the accent mark? All of it's true, but there has to be a 1A, 1B, 1C. I trust that you are resting in the satisfaction of knowing that God has 
brought things to a conclusion and you live in the shalom of that truth. Now, what I just ask you is a basically a closed-ended question. Which are you more aware of? Perhaps you will say that I'm, well, I'm more aware of that God has already brought things to a satisfying conclusion. Well, rather than just saying yes or no to my question, or rather than just saying that I, I'm the accent mark is on the challenges or the accent mark is on God's sovereignty, would you explain your answer, whatever your answer is? What reliable evidence do you have that supports your response? If you are resting in the satisfaction of knowing that God is sovereign and he's in control of all things, what reliable evidence do you have about your life that supports that? Perhaps you can have that discussion with others because I want you really to explore this. Another way to ask the question, are you living in the good of the gospel? Perhaps there is something you need to do, but, but fear is holding you back. You're not living in the good of the gospel. There, there are things that you need, to, you need to initiate. You need to move forward on. You need to, you need to step into wise risk-taking and not be tentative, not be inhibited. And you can do this if you're living in the good and the power of the gospel. And so is, is there something you need to do but fear, anxiety is holding you back? What is that thing? Do you know how to make a biblical decision that will release you to, to, to enjoy the fullest potential of your story? I don't, I don't want you to live your story sitting in a chair spectating. My appeal to you is the same appeal I make, it's the same appeal I make to myself that we are aggressive in living out our faith. The story that God's writing, may it be an active story, aggressive story, as we're pursuing our culture, as we're pursuing each other, as we are pursuing God in the middle of this movie. Just because he knows how it's going to end, it doesn't mean that we take a passive role. We are in a relationship with him, and so we want to enjoy the fullness of that relationship. But if we are bound by fear and anxiety or hindered by our own frustration and sinful anger, we will not be able to do that. Oh, would we be able to serve you now that I've finished the podcast? Let me know. Please jump on our forums and, and talk to us. If you wish, please share this podcast and article with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. God bless.